Do you long for a part of you to be inside of a woman? Maybe you want to help a man get his hands on your organ. Who knows, one day you might be on the receiving end. Sign up to be an organ donor today. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Beer and Bands. My name's James. My name's Chris. And we'll go straight into the tried and tested for this episode, which is from Fuller's Brewery, and it's called London Pride. Well, London Pride is uh, it's probably one of the, yeah. the biggest ale names you can probably find anywhere. Um, if you haven't come across this beer, then you probably haven't been to a pub, if I'm honest. I'd be really surprised, to be fair, yeah. by this point, anybody. Saying that we do have a lot of American viewers, so maybe it is something that... American viewers? American well, viewers, yeah. Hey, we did that one video, remember that? <laughs> and the Instagram yeah. Live, actually. You know. <laughs> well, we were very drunk about the Instagram Live, so to be fair, I can't remember a lot of that one. Uh, but yeah, long time ago, we did episode 14 as a recording. But uh, yeah, so it's... Um, I believe it is brewed in Chiswick, because we... Stayed in a Premier Inn right opposite the brewery when we went and watched the NFL. We did a long I forgot, time ago. I forgot about that. We actually did. Which yeah. weirdly, I think I did have a pint of um, London Pride on draft because it was. I can't even remember what I drank, if I'm honest. Um, but yeah, that's quite a few years ago. That was, wasn't it? So yeah, so well, that was your first like um, get out of jail thing when you had your child, right? So yeah, like, true. Your first proper yeah. outing. So oh look, the there's of, family. Look yeah. after the child. I'm getting drunk. Uh, <laughs> But back to the beer. Uh, London Pride is authentic, original, full of character. London Pride is unmistakably London's beer. Just London's beer? Just London's beer, okay. okay. Uh, Brewed with a rich and distinctive base of British malt and a diverse blend of Target, Goldings, Challenger and North Down hops for vibrancy and balance. The essence of our capital city and the people who call it home. Mm, bit cheesy on the old blurb, isn't it? It but is cheesy, but then to be fair, at least you have to just tell you what hops from a, in it. A distinct like brand, wouldn't you? Distinct, yeah. distinct. It is. I would say it is very distinct. You know, uh, not to turn all patriotic. Or so it's called an original ale. Um, probably halfway between an amber and a golden ale, I reckon. What yeah, I'd say it's kind of more more towards the amber side, personally. Um, uh, well, you've had a swig of it, so I'll let you do a. I mean, analysis. If I'm honest, it is what it is on the tin, right? In terms of the maltiness, I think you definitely no, it's a bottle, get that. James. It's a bottle. Oh, sorry, mate. I hate you so much right now. <laughs> um, so you know, it, it, you do get a lot of the maltiness. I think you know, I get some kind of caramel notes to it. I think as well that kind of kind of sweetness almost to it at the end. Um, I'd, I'd say slightly working to a slightly burned caramel. Mm. Um, you have got the kind of bitterness there, but it has got the caramel yeah. smoothness as well. Um, you can there's a little bit of hoppiness. I don't think it's a particularly overpowering hop flavour. Um, no, this is the thing. I think you can definitely taste some hops. The hops for me personally, I don't really get. Maybe that is maybe where some of the caramel na- nature is coming. I don't know, but um, I don't know not, not necessarily what the hops are particularly bringing to the beer. <clears> but I mean, the thing for me, like London Pride is one of those kind of very consistent beers, but very good kind of winter's drink, right? It is one of those where you can go in, you know what you're getting from a London Pride. True. And it is a staple of kind of fullers, like you said, like any kind of pub you're going to, you'll find London yeah, Pride and pretty much. So. Anybody who's been to a beer that uh, a beer. A beer. Been, You've been yeah. to a beer. Been to a beer. Uh, been to a pub um, that has cask like yeah. beer, uh, any, like, anything on the handball, it's one of those ones that just yeah. appears everywhere. So yeah. I'll be very surprised if people haven't come across it. But yeah, it's um, it's it's very inoffensive. You do get, as I say, a slight bit of bitterness with the uh, <laughs> with the copy undertones. That's like burnt caramel effect. But overall, delicately balanced. 
and one you can smash all day long, if I'm honest. I mean, Chris, maybe you should describe the current setting as we sit on our chairs. To be honest, what was the most concerning part about that is that pose you pulled as you mentioned that statement, and I want to move on as fast as possible. Right, so... um, No. (laughs) I mean, this could be the most comfortable episode. Oh, that's funny, because I'm feeling really uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) I mean, I could have at least put clothes on, right? (laughs) No, I'd be sick then. Um, But... Actually, when we did stay in Chiswick, opposite the Fuller's Brewery, uh, I didn't realise that that was actually the same road that the Taskmaster house was on. So actually? Yeah, literally. We we could have gone and had a look at the Taskmaster house. We were that close to it. Oh, my God. Wait, does that mean Al Murray's pub's nearby as well? I don't know actually because that like he lived nearby didn't he I, I don't know the house because that was part of the joke where he went and got his gong because he lived so close ah oh, so, I didn't know that I mean the fact because that I mean don't get me wrong I'd love to see the Tatnas house whatever but to also then go to Al Murray's pub would just be a, like that'd be good yeah it's gotta be, like, it's gotta be something yeah. on the list at some well, point, it's isn't weird because it? I saw on YouTube and this is a complete segue from what we're going to talk about yeah I mean you can now just pubs pubs <laughs> celebrity own pubs or whatever but I saw um, James May recently bought a pub it was on like Drive oh, okay. their, their like YouTube channel, um, and it's quite funny because he's like, "Too fair, guys. This is the worst time to buy a pub." But I'm doing it anyway. Um, <laughs> well, it's not short of a few bobbies. Let's face it, especially not with that Amazon deal. Oh yeah, so, that Amazon deal. Yeah, and and if Amazon are listening, I'm like, <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> hey, you never know. If you don't ask, you don't get right. So, but the re- the reason why I was actually bringing up Taskmaster House is because I've recently started getting back into an old TV show uh, from Greg Davis himself. Okay. Um, basically, it's one. Um, it's been around for a while. The one man... Uh, it's called Man Down. Man Down, yeah. Uh, so Man Down, for people who haven't come across it previously, um, it's essentially based around Greg Davis's life whilst he was a teacher and kind of like his midlife crisis slash breakdown that he had yeah. before he moved on to comedy. Um, and I basically stumbled across it just watching, uh, I think it was E4. Um, and yeah, it was just... I was absolutely crying. I literally forgot how good it was. So the first series, because there's actually four series in total. Yeah. Personally, they'll never beat the first series and yeah. the special episode that they did afterwards. Reason being is because it's very much more closely akin to what his real life was about, which is him having a breakdown, things not going to plan, but also his dad tormenting him all the way through, which is something that. Anybody who watched Greg Davis's stand-up comedy routine? He talks a lot about, yeah. It was actually a genuine thing. So, and the actor they got to play his dad was Rick Mail, and I genuinely there was nobody that they could have picked better um, just to play that role. And he absolutely tortures him like throughout the whole series. Yeah. And they talk, when obviously, unfortunately, Rick Mail passed, so. He couldn't be involved in any of the later series, so they kind of, rather than trying to replace him because it was physically impossible to replace. Uh, they kind of it was an art role, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so, so they brought Stephanie Cole in to yeah. play uh, his aunt, his aunt with um, that kind of torturous yeah. role, but it didn't quite have that same connection. Yeah, because it's weird. It's like because when they did Only um, <clears throat> Force and Horses and the, the granddad died, they actually replaced yeah. him, and it, it was one of the hardest things they ever did because it was so hard to get that kind of part of the role. I mean, it's I the, think, conne- it's the yeah, connection, isn't it, between the people? Because you made that character, and I, I, I agree. Like Rick Mail made such a good part in that, and it, it sounded authentic. Like you know, it was you actually believed he could be his dad. It was that good. Yes, yeah. um, and also with the stories yeah. where the, um, I can't remember which uh, stand-up routine that he actually used, but he was actually talking about the fact that. He went out with a sheet over his head, 
um, with like eyes cut out and he hid inside the bush waiting for Greg to come back from a night out <laughs> on the town. His wife, well, you know, Greg's mum was fully aware of this and also was aware that Greg was staying at a friend's house last night and just left him inside the bush all night long freezing, <laughs> like freezing his yeah. tits off. So you're like, you can tell yeah. as you're watching the program, you know there's like a lot of element of truth in it. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, I think the whole cast as a whole yeah. is really good. So they've got, um, was it Brian, who's his sensible friend with the moustache mm-hmm. and the Renault scenic and yeah. always waxing yeah. it on a Sunday and everything has to be done properly. Um, crazy friend who's uh, Roshino Conte. Yeah. Who's, um, again, <laughs> who, again, plays is a close at, friend to Greg's yeah. anyway, so again, plays it you, you really can, authentically. You can tell because, that they've got that connection yeah. as well. It makes it more realistic. The fact she is absolutely nutty. Yeah. You know, and the miserable cafe owner. And, and every fine well, detail's on really like, well. All of the relationships have really good chemistry. I think I always liked it because it seemed authentic. And like I say, it's so close to his stand-up routine. Yeah. I think for me, the icing on the cake, which I only found out recently... Is that it's actually filmed in the school that he used to work at, which oh, I, I think is a amazing fact that they actually went to the lengths of going to. So the classroom he's teaching in was the very classroom he used to teach in, which and he, just adds to that level of authenticity. And he doesn't actually so. teach the kids anything; he just does this like space mission, which again, from his standard routines, you know, is something yeah. he genuinely yeah. did. So. And yeah, I just think as a, as a program, I'd forgotten how good he yeah. was because I got for me personally got very tainted at, towards the end of series yeah. two. And they took it in a direction. I was like, you know what? I'm not really feeling it anymore. Well, I think it's almost like that they they had a few series really well planned out in terms of stories, using some of his stand up routines to actually get some kind of really good comedic drama from it. And then, you know, as with most things, you've got to try and drag it out because it's doing so well. And and yeah, um, it didn't have the same kind of payoff. No, and to be honest, I think it would have been a little bit better if Rick Mal was still about. But obviously that's an unforeseen circumstance that you can never take into yeah. effect. What I, what I think is really good is, you know, Greg Davis, I think, has shown just the breadth of characters he can play. Because, yeah. you know, of course, he used to be a teacher. He played a teacher in, in Between Us and then he played a teacher <laughs> on <laughs> Van Damme, right? It's a good breadth of, and of his, com- his, his most common role nowadays is Taskmaster, where essentially he's, he's a, a headmaster. Teacher, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely showing his diversity with it. But, um, no, as... Anybody who hasn't uh, watched yeah. Man Down, um, definitely give it a blast. I, I I cannot recommend it enough. Especially, yeah. I think it's quite prevalent because obviously anybody who follows on social media and who listens to us as well, we have been involved in the Movember thing. So that whole yeah. uh, connection between uh, mental awareness, uh, men's health, and also that how... Yes, it's comedic in the way of like dealing with a breakdown, but also yeah. it does bring to head that people do still struggle. So yeah. I think it's like balanced up quite nicely. But um, I see we did that. That was a really good segue into it. That was really good. That was that was professional. I'm glad I mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I'll be honest. By going back on to Rick Mail very briefly, I know we didn't plan this, but. I've started talking about Rick Mail. You just like him too much, right? That's the thing. He's I mean, one of my all-time favourite comedians. I've bonded many times. <laughs> got to be very... Yeah, especially <laughs> with the poses you've been doing. Um... <laughs> with, uh, with one of Rick Mail's more popular TV shows, which, given the senses, I'm not going to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I want to go back to the social distancing, <laughs> to be honest, James. Now, for anybody who thinks we're breaking any social distancing rules, we were doing the recordings <laughs> socially distanced while not taking into account that actually we're in a sport bubble. So, yeah. um, literally, 
Well, we, we've been following the rules the entire time, but yeah, we've been in support bubble the entire time. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so we could have quite easily just carried on as normal. It would have made absolutely no difference. No, but but um, we like to make yeah, these yeah, things all we uh, we for ourselves. Extra safe, right? That's the important thing. <laughs> you know, you should always be safe. Anyway, back to bottom. I don't know what, the way you bottom. said that was really back, creepy. Back to bottom. Yeah, that's why it sounds really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> back to, <laughs> you're talking about repeal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bottom young ones. They're like some of my fan, like favorite. TV series of all time. Um, I don't think you'd have actually seen Bottom, had you? I think I introduced you into the series. I, yeah, I think I'd seen odd clips, but that was about it. Like, I never watched a full kind of thing. Yeah. So I think the only clip I'd ever seen was um, the Bottom Play, where they did the yes, thing. Bottom and Life. Like, yeah. And it was kind of the breakdowns of then talking to the audience and just giving up on it or like making fun of the fact they couldn't do lines or something like that or they forgot something you know which was always actually planned yeah yeah. very much along the lines of uh, Morecambe and Wise like you know all the uh, forgetting the script was never added everything was always done and rehearsed to a point so you knew exactly what was happening so uh, it was always actually really obvious when people were going to see the the plays like time and time again across different theatres yeah because you'd see the same thing yeah, yeah it was exactly yeah. the same they never forgot the lines in different places it was always done at a point so yeah, but, yeah that but it's was, just a genius comedic effect still to know the right places it's the level of detail that places. I went into stuff yeah. you know and like bottom very much like two down and outs uh, people who generally despise each other but in a situation where neither one can go anywhere else and um, so I'm just looking at me and you now and yeah uh, I mean, like I'm very happy with my family, so it's fine. I meant just our relationship, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm just trying to avoid you at all costs. I'm your family, right? So you're happy with this? That's good. No, you're not my family. (laughs) (laughs) Let the poor say it all. Yeah, so, but no, um, it was all quite funny when uh, Rick Mal tried to break into uh, the American scene. Uh, Obviously, the. there's two films that he did with uh, like massive standout, which was uh, Guest House Paradiso, which was actually just bottom the film, um, and the other one, which was the more big box office uh, version, was Drop Dead Fred. Oh really? Yeah, have you have you ever seen Drop no, Dead Fred? No, no. Oh, you've no, never no. seen Drop no. Dead Fred? Oh right, okay. So it's, um, it's one of those that goes on the list of things that oh, I've never watched that. Well, a very big. Uh, actress from like the eighties and nineties was an actress called Phoebe Cates. Okay, um, you will know her from like Gremlins, um, Fast Times, Regiment High. There's yeah. quite a few. Yeah, yeah. From, it's one of the things you'll see her face and you know exactly who she is. Yeah. Um, and basically, the whole premise of the film is she has had a relationship breakdown. She's moved back in with her mom, um, and when she was a kid, she had an invisible friend. Um, <laughs> Uh, like well, imaginary yeah. friend, and the uh, imaginary friend is Drop Dead Fred, who is Rick Mail, who causes utter carnage in real life, and then obviously the, the daughter gets the blame for it all. Oh, that's crazy! But of course, the imaginary friend comes back as an adult, so yeah. she's trying to deal with this uh, absolutely crazy imaginary friend who is actually causing genuine carnage in real life, like wiping. Dog shit on chairs and oh. you know, like just cause, like smashing the house up and everything, and yeah, I tell you, it was an interesting concept, and I, I thought it was a funny film. I don't, I don't think it quite had the uh, box office oomph that they were hoping yeah. for, considering like it had like a big name from America, a big name from the UK. I think they were hoping for to draw more of those markets in. Yeah, I think it was more successful over here than it was over there, but I think it was a bit more our level of humour. So. But yeah, um, 
I can't believe you've never seen Drop Dead Fred. That's, no, I'm no, definitely going to have to... I think it's just one of those movies that, like... I've never got round to. There's so many that we've talked about in the past. I think you'd appreciate so, it. Like, like with your level of humour, I think you would definitely get my it. My level of humour. Well, to be fair, let's we face it. similar levels very, of yeah, humour. Um, yeah, that's the same. Very twisted but, and dark, yeah, yeah generally. Exactly. Anyway, I'll let you finish on Pride. I mean, just to finish the Rick Mail kind of appreciation story, the only other one I, I know is um, originally he was going to play Peeves, which is a guy who calls mischief in Harry Potter. And he was actually, to the tone, he was actually originally cast in that, and they cut him out of the movie because he was too like offensive and too like chaotic. So they actually cut him out of the movie because he actually recorded so many of the scenes for it and stuff like that. Um, he got paid for it. Why? Yeah, he got paid, but that's why he wasn't in the movie then. But I think he would have been such a good casting for that role because, like you say, it's all about the mischief. I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Peeves is. Um, I have absolutely zero interest in Harry Potter, so. To be honest, shall we just move on? Uh, right. So, London Pride was uh, tried and tested you're for such, this episode. You're such a muggle. I'll take your word for it. Um, <laughs> squib. Squib, maybe. Who knows? I mean, you carry on, because once this words, recording's sorry. finished, you're still in the same building as me. So that, That's true. Anyway, let, let's carry on, yeah. <laughs> right, so the um, Peter Falk for this episode is from Isle of Sky Brewing Company, and it's called Yerben. Which I'm assuming is some sort of Scottish thing. Um, the reason why <laughs> we're assuming it's Scottish, but we're not 100 sure. Could have had a stroke halfway through. Who knows? Right. Um, <laughs> the reason why I actually was intrigued by this is this particular beer is um, basically made in collaboration with a Michelin star chef who is called Tom Kitchen. So uh, yeah, Ben is a signature of Scotland's Michelin star chef. Michelin. Michelin star chef, apparently that a bit of a tongue twister for me, Tom Kitchen, uh, who took the passion of the Isle of Sky Brewery and created this exceptional smooth ale. So exceptional smooth ale. I think I think we'll be the be the judge of that. Is there any specific tasting notes that we've got in this? Uh, a lot of blurb about walking through Highlands. Uh, I mean, it's Scottish. Happy right, times. Well, yeah. That doesn't sound really. Good. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get so beaten for this in the morning with the, my Scottish friends. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, So anything about rain or misery or... <laughs> is there any beer batter Mars bars in this? <laughs> I, I've, had a, I've had a batter Mars bar. It's amazing. Um, Did you actually like it? I've had a batter Mars bar and thought it was disgusting. So Maybe it's where you went to. But yeah. The one I had was actually done really well. But no, I had mine in Edinburgh, so... I mean, it might be a touristy place, so it might not be... I have mine done in the uh, very northern part of the Merry Hill Centre in Broly Hill. Um <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, there's absolutely no tasting notes, no hop list or anything like that. It's described as a... Uh, I'll just jump in there. And yeah, it's described as a golden ale, but I'd say it's very similar in colour to the London Pride. Um, yeah, I'd say it's more amber. Um I'd say it's about the same colour, yeah. Uh, so the London Pride was 4.7%. The Yerben is 5.5%. Um, yeah, what's the... Uh... I'm trying to figure out what the aftertaste is, to be fair. Oh, I'm okay. curious to know what, what your thoughts are. I will agree it's smooth. It, it doesn't feel very harsh. But there is a very... Um, it was an interesting nose to it. Yeah, it's a very specific taste to it, which, you know, it's just trying to place it. That's the thing. I think you can, you can taste the strength, I would say. Like, you can taste... Oh yeah, yeah there's there's quite it. a sharp aftertaste there, mm. though, isn't there? Um, Which catches you off guard, really, because you don't think there's going to be one. But it's um, kind of like fruity and chemically all at the same time. Mm. Um, That's what I, th- I was trying to think. Is it a specific fruit? But I can't I can't like taste anything. When no, I'm, 
Um, if, it's the important thing when we say fruity. It's not like how we normally say like tropical or citrusy or anything like that. It, it's just kind of <laughs> it's fruity. That is so descriptive, right? I'm trying to think of what well, I. Well, people listen to this for the quality of the beer reviews, obviously. Clearly, um. clearly not not because we just talk <laughs> rubbish and they just like it. You know, they come here for the bants. They stay for the beer. <laughs> Uh, we do have a lot of people drink along, don't we? So, uh, mm. yeah. Uh, for me, the reason why I actually picked this beer is because I was very intrigued whether someone like a Michelin star chef should be messing with beer. And my original, as as I've taken this week, I would say the answer to that is no. Uh, it's clearly done with a case of uh, oh, we've got this uh, master chef involved. Come and buy all this beer from us, and it's very much that type of. It's got that feel about it. It doesn't feel like there's a. Uh... It's more like he's lending his name to it, but not actually he, got that involved. Well, actually, no. I think he's actually got involved with. That's probably what the part of the problem is because I've had uh, some of the beers from Isle of Skye Brewery, and they're amazing. So, and I think because I really enjoyed the Isle of Skye Brewery yeah. beers I've had like before, I was expecting a little bit more from this. Um, I can't. It's really. It is a weird thing you now to try and pick up with that beer, though. What that flavour is. I don't know. It, 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 it's just weird I don't know I, it's a similar I wouldn't say it's kind of elderflower but it's a similar kind of weird herbier taste that yeah. I've had before it's obviously a particular like, I was thinking like hop. like burdock not necessarily dan, like dandelion burdock but that kind of taste to it for I me. know what you mean like it's like uh, dandelion burdock but not as nice <laughs> but not as nice because dandelion burdock is actually a really good well, I love dandelion burdock oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean for our American listeners they will have no idea what Dan Lyder Bird is. I, I think there's a thing now because I, 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 I fear too many people go for branded pop these days because yeah. cheap cherry aid and cheap like uh, Dan Lyder Bird or stuff like that is, is some of the best stuff you can get, right? Well, I'll probably I mean, say for. They'll keep you up all night, but. For the Americans, probably the closest thing that they would have to Dan Lyder Bird is Dr. Pepper. Yeah. yeah. To be fair, Dan Lyder Bird, I would say, is nicer. I would say Dan Lyder is nicer, to be fair. I, I like Dr. Yeah. Pepper as well. Yeah. I just think, I think Dan Lyder is a nicer drink. I think Dr. Pepper is better than most, like, Coca Cola Cherry or, like, Pepsi Max Cherry or anything like that. I think it's the best of that kind of. He's sponsored by yeah. cherry flavourings or something. Yeah, I am, yeah. Mm. Yeah, why not? And Cherry Age, yeah. yeah. You still went to lose yours, didn't you? Um. <laughs> what can I say? I, I try. <laughs> You're very trying. Um, but no. What are you doing after the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> running away. Running away. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> weird poses you're pulling at the minute. Um, I'm not pulling any weird poses. They're just going to believe it, though. You, yeah, what, what is that, like, that hip thrust thing you're doing at the moment? <laughs> the hip thrust. <laughs> In your baby shit orange hoodie that you're wearing. I like this hoodie, to be fair. You made fun of the hoodie before. <laughs> You know, I didn't. I didn't know we we're doing fashion things in the uh, podcast now. I mean, if you want to do a whole section. Well, apparently we got viewers I mean, according to you. So right. yeah, exactly. Well, you know, tell us what you thought of our fashion in uh, episode fourteen. You know, I know what you mean. It it is a kind of more darker orange. Um, I would say when I saw the picture, it looked more like mustard. That's it. Let's do so, visual uh, commentary on a uh, audio format. Yeah. I mean, we do say about the color of the beer when we talk. That's about That's describe it, and people can drink it as they go along. Yeah. No one's going to buy that like hoodie because that must have been the only one in the fucking shop. Um, oh, I do apologise for um, oh, breaching one of our own rules. Christopher, come <laughs> that's on. That's how much that's... You're the first one who's broken the Pardon? rules. You're the first one that's broken the rules. Pardon? But the important thing is you, did, you didn't say the B word, okay? Because I would have got annoyed at you if you said that, right? Well, I mean, to be fair, that's I, by far the worst. What I love is people have tried to guess what the B word is. Nobody's got it right yet, okay? 
I mean, even if they had got it right, we wouldn't admit it, right? Exactly. So <laughs> that's the most important thing that people need to remember. Yeah. But yeah, um, just uh, very quickly back to Scotland. It is a joke. We do have a lot of Scottish, Scottish listeners, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Don't I love. I insult the Irish. You insult the Scottish. I mean, who's gonna? Who's gonna? Fact, I do it on purpose because yeah. I say I work with Scottish people, so it's just funny to wonder. The, the Welsh insult themselves. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Um. Oh wow! You can't pull the wool over their eyes. Don't try. Okay. I was gonna do a wedding joke then, but I've decided against it. Um, right. So, time of year. So Halloween is just gone. Bonfire Night is just around the corner. Okay. So I did tell you I had a question for you before we started, yeah. but I didn't tell you what the question was. So along those lines, around this particular period, what type of films do you enjoy the most? Ah, uh, okay, because... Because obviously the most predominant films that most people <coughs> go to this time of year yeah. would be horrors. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously you have a big thing about like horror films, um, and they do always get a resurgence on like, Sky Cinema and all those type of things. But I think there's actually quite a, a wide array of films that are themed around this time of year. So I was intrigued what things you would go to to watch. You know what? Because I've, I've just had a week off. So I'm, I'm, I'm entirely with you on horror films. I've just spent a week watching loads of horror films and like Halloween films. Um, because I think it's quite thematic. I think you're right. There, there are a lot of four films, but if I'm honest, I don't tend to watch that many of them. Like I go from, because I hate to say this to you, Chris. I am that person who, from November, Christmas has begun, and as far as I'm concerned, dead to me. yeah, um, I would say that I actually start binge watching a lot of like Christmas films and stuff like that. Like so, the one that I most recently watched, to be fair, was the Bridge film. We can all agree it's the Bridge film between Halloween and Christmas. Okay, the nightmare before Christmas because that is kind of the bridge between Halloween and Christmas. Right? Can I be completely honest? You know, you're disappointed at me. No, I've never watched it. You've never watched something before Christmas? No. Oh wow, I'm surprised. Do, do you just not like Tim Burton's films? Or no, I love Tim Burton. Like, I mean, yeah. he made the best Batman films yeah, with Michael Keaton, which is why I'm, I uh, Edward Scissorhands as well, like yeah. great film. But I don't know why. Sleepy Hollow is a good uh, horror film. Actually. Yep, Sleepy Hollow, really yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good Johnny Depp films. <clears throat> With, with Ted Burton, of course. But but no, um, I, I don't know why. I just never got drawn into actually... There was never enough about you for me to go... Is that kind of like, Have you seen, like, uh, Corpse Bride or any of the others? Nope. Or Caroline? Uh, was nope. it Coraline? Uh, was it Frank and Weenie? Frank and Weenie nope. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. no. Nope. Like, okay, I'm, I'm just really surprised. I don't know. I, th- I thought a lot of people had watched it because it is one of those kind of... A lot of people have. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I know yeah. that I'm in the minority of the fact it, that it, I haven't it's, watched it. It's one of those weird films where they thought it was going to be so... Like so dark and thing that although it's Disney made, they put it under a different studio, and then after it came out and was so successful, they then turned it back to Disney as right, a studio okay. because they were that worried about it. But then they wait, oh, everybody loves it. Yeah, yeah, this is Disney. We'll rebrand it. We'll put it back to Disney because um, it's one of those. But I, I, for me, I think it's a really good film. I, I'm actually a big fan of it. Um, I'm not really, fact, I'm not really a person who likes more what I count as like musical films because it's kind of a lot of singing in it and stuff I get really annoyed at I hate kind of musicals movies with passion. that yeah, yeah and that thing so but I think there's enough kind of kind of art to it and stuff that it's just a really good kind of spooky kind of festive film as well but I think I think that's kind of the films I'd watch but you know the things I also live in a household where there's Christmas movies on from November which you know there's so many of them on on like Movies 24 you know that watch you know the, the really cheesy American Hallmark Christmas movies where it's a small village and you know they come from the big town and they rediscover Christmas and they find through love 
I find those sickening and I try and avoid those. <laughs> um, but they're cheesy movies. You know what's going to happen. And I think the best part about Christmas movies, they're feel good, right? Because you know the story. You know it. <clears throat> there's no bad ending to it. It's all kind of happy, joyful, you know. And I kind of like that because I'm a miserable person. So it's <laughs> nice to see other people be happy. Cool. Well, I'll bring you back to my original question. Yeah. So what films did you actually watch? You've watched Nightmare Before Christmas. Any others? Oh, like, to be fair, at this point, I specifically start watching... So, Grinch is on the list uh, to watch. So, like, literally, you've gone... Christmas, that, that's right, it, that's okay. I did not see this uh, okay. conversation going down this route at all. I'm, I'm curious what, like, what, what, what film... Mighty Ducks is one of them as well. Like, that's on there. Mighty Ducks 1, 2, 3, Cool Runnings. Again, we talked about, like, kind of sports movies, but, I mean, how, those are the Christmas... How random. random. The thing is, I don't watch a lot of films in general, like... So I only watch a, probably a few films at like a weekend or something. Oh, right, okay. I don't tend to watch that much TV during the week or anything like that. So I don't. For me, it's just not like if I've only got so many weekends to watch films, like, it just starts building up a little bit. I don't know. Okay. But, I mean, so what what were you expecting me to say? Well, I mean, I thought you'd go more than the like, horror route personally. So. I used to love but then horror, horror films. Horror for me is October, so I watched a lot of horror films in October. Well, so that's what I said in about the previous this, month. This particular oh yeah, period. okay, but th- but then I mean, for me, it's like classic horror. So Sleepy Hollow, I really like, but then I was watching kind of the original Dracula. Um, oh, really old school. Yeah, really, really old school. Because uh, my girlfriend never watched the original Dracula, so I was trying to force her to watch it, but she she couldn't. What get those? It. Um, the Cube as well. The Cube, I think, is a really good uh, horror. I film. haven't actually watched that one. It's really good. Is that the one with um, Cameron Diaz? No. Which one am I thinking of? I don't oh, the know. box. The box, yeah. No, it's not the box, it's the cube. Basically, it's all filmed in one like death maze where it's like one room which is a cube and they go from one cube to the next and everyone has a different trap in it. It's kind of really classic cheesy horror, but uh, okay. it, it basically had a really low budget, made a lot of money, they made a sequel and it tanked. Uh, that tends to be the story of most of Generally. the films and stuff. But, um, you know, outside of that, I mean... You know, you've got the classics like Saw and stuff like that. If I'm honest, <clears throat> I find those quite annoying films. Like, I watch them and I can find... But it's gruesome thriller horror rather than kind of... kind of I, I almost like cheesier horror or, like, really badly made horror. Things like Blair Witch Project and stuff like that, I would say. Like, I like the whole kind of found footage. You liked Blair Witch Project? Thing. I like Blair Witch Project, yeah. I went to the cinema to see that when oh, it first did you? released. Yeah, and it was... Utter crap. I wouldn't watch it every like every no, day. No, I, I like genuinely. I wanted to walk out the cinema. That it was that bad. I thought it was a horrendous film. Um, I cannot. No, genuinely, anybody who has not seen Blair Witch Project, please do not bother wasting your time. It is a waste of everything. It's just horrendous, absolutely horrendous film. I, I just don't that even get it. I, I despise it. Absolutely despise it. I think it's an awful, awful film, and I bought, I bought into the hype for it as well. And I was like, and I, I think that's what I was so angry about with it because I was like, yeah. oh yeah, it looks really good. Oh no, it's, it's really not. Which well, so I'm having that this thing with because uh, I also uh, rewatched Parasite as well, which was the Korean movie that won the Oscar. Yes, because you went to see that. In the like, cinema, went to see yeah. that cinema, and um, it's recently on Amazon Prime. Again, not sponsored by Amazon, but you know, it's, it's recently. <laughs> you released. might as well be. <laughs> it's, it's really to be released on Amazon Prime. I rewatched it and I'm kind of like, I don't know whether I like it or not. It's a, such a weird thriller yeah. kind of movie. But um, I mean, so so what what one what movies would you say you watched? Oh, well, I used, to, I used to be into horrors when I was yeah. younger. So like things like um, my particular era was like Scream. Um, I know what you did last summer. 
uh, Valentine, those type of films, like more slasher style yeah. rather than supernatural. I never really got into the whole Shining. thing. Shining is an amazing yeah. film. Love the Shining. So I, I also throw uh, th- one flew over the cookies nest. I throw into this kind of time as well. To be fair, which is I've, one of my favourite. To, to be completely honest, fair, I've never seen it completely in one go. You really should. Like I think I've seen is, the whole yeah. film, but in snippets. Do you mm. know what I mean? So. Um, and especially about mental illness and stuff like mental yeah. illness and health and stuff that is it's really good at kind of hitting some of those points of kind of normalising some of it a little bit yeah the show is probably the one the only one that's actually like supernatural based that yeah. I, I did really enjoy but I love Stanley Kubrick films as a general rule anyway um, yeah I kind of don't really watch anything like horror based anymore uh, just, no, kind of lost yeah. all interest in them for me, the main films I like to watch around this time of year is there's two in particular standouts. Uh, so for Halloween, Hocus Pocus. Good show. Good. Yeah. Let's face it, Bette Midler's amazing. There's no question about that. And yeah. it's a great film. Uh, it's just enjoyable family fun. Yeah. Actually a fantastic cast that make it really, really good. Um, but then going towards the Bonfire Night... Gotta be the ultimate, which is Lisa, actually the Lisa uh, Vendetta. Lisa Vendetta, yeah. which yeah. is actually my face mask that I use uh, to go yeah. around shops. No, no, I, I respect I respect Lisa Vendetta. Well, oh, so. it's such an underrated yeah. film, um, and oh, it always annoys me that like Watchmen gets the bigger hype behind it. Where actually, yeah. I think Lisa Vendetta is a far better story. It is. It is really gripping story. To be fair, it, it's one of those movies. To be fair. Um, I don't think that's been on my list this year. I think, I think I watched it just before lockdown happened. Oh, okay. It, it's kind of I also throw it into kind of that dystopian thing. So like, a lot of those I tend to watch around Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, <laughs> for some reason that's where I tend to watch dystopian stuff. You know. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> don't ask me ha- why. I, How peculiar? Yeah, I know. It's one of. Do those, you know what? I don't even question yeah. it anymore. Uh, in fact, I throw Shutter Island in there as well. Oh, great film! That's, Absolutely that's kind fantastic. Of the for, that's but then one again, of those good ones. It's Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Martin Scorsese. So what's not to like? Yeah, yeah there, there's literally nothing wrong with that setup straight from the office. Though, so uh, yeah, but those type of films, yeah. I think yeah. they're uh, fantastic anyway. So, really. so when does Christmas start for you? Uh, on the twenty fourth of December. <laughs> even then, you're not one hundred percent sure. Even then, you're not sold. Like that's the, a particular point. Okay. Uh, on December the twenty fourth, which is when I'm actually in my car after I finish work. Because then you can just relax, somewhere. switch off, and drink, and just be merry. Yeah, I have to listen to one particular song on the way home. Uh, driving home. Okay, exactly, Chris Rea, yeah. yeah, 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 the classic. Yeah. Um, one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, any... a, it's a really good song, and you love the Pogues as well, don't you? Fairy Tale of New York. What no. a great song. Anyway, let's move on to the next. No, actually, the two ones I've listened: uh, <laughs> Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rea, yeah. and Can You Bring the Cavalry by um, Jonah Louis. Okay. Yeah. Don't know what. The Darkness as well. I love the Darknesses. Uh, no. Christmas Christmas Lights by Coldplay. I didn't. Oh, Christmas Lights. Yeah, Christmas Lights on board as well. You're not a fan of the Darkness one though. It's that's all right. Yeah. I just don't think. Yeah, I'll listen to yeah, it, yeah, but it's yeah. like it's not on ones like the Pogues where like you know I have to turn the radio off. But um, which is what I genuinely do. Um, but it's not a one I would run run to either. So no, fair enough. I don't know. I don't know why, but the uh, yeah. Do I know? So you wouldn't watch favorite. any Christmas movies until. Do you watch Christmas movies if you were to watch them like after Christmas, like that week? Well, there's certain ones I will watch, but then yeah, there's reasons behind it. But we'll save them for a bit more towards Close December point. Yeah. Yeah. So we can have the uh, inevitable discussion about what order of your top three uh, Christmas films are. So 
Yeah. Our listeners can look forward to that. Yeah, I mean, if anybody's got any suggestions, send them our way uh, if if they think they're right. But to be honest, there's only one movie that we both agree on, uh, and you know, we we both know what that is. I mean, to be honest, it's one of the ones. It's the film that causes the most arguments. Yet anybody who says it's not a Christmas film is wrong. Is um, yeah. yeah, that's literally all we can my, say. My on girlfriend that. is one of them. Oh. I'm trying to fix her, but you know, get the puncture repair kit. <laughs> uh, right, so. Uh, the, that was Yeah Ben, which was the uh, Peter Falk for this episode. Now, the Around the World for this episode... I'm worried about this, Chris. I'm not going to lie. I saw this... Because we did a bit of market research, didn't we? Uh, yes. <laughs> last Sunday, and then basically yes. have put off recording the episode since and really <laughs> should have done the market. No, 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 no. It's not, we didn't put off the episode. <laughs> we, we, um, so the whole thing was, we were going to record an episode last Sunday. Uh, we decided that because things in our private lives have been so hectic... Uh, we decided just to research some tried and tested beers, shall we say, uh, which basically end up being uh, drinking a large variety of beers that we posted on Instagram. While watching NFL. And Whilst watching wins. NFL. Uh, and actually, to be fair, that wasn't actually the end because we carried on drinking after we posted that picture as well. Yeah, did. Um, and we were going to record the episode on Monday. And then basically from that particular point... Um, everything just went absolutely crazy so uh, work had gone you know crazy for me and then lots of things have happened work for you which should like cause a knock on effect for you so hence why we're a little bit late but however it is one of these things uh, but yeah the around the world for this episode is a beer that you were really intrigued with the second you laid eyes on it yeah, um, yeah. which is a beer called pepper spray which is from McKellar so this is brewed in Belgium uh, it is 5.9%, which is an IPA with black pepper. See, you see this thing, McKellar in general, right? We, we've done one before, didn't we, on a Yeah, I thing. loved it and you hated and it. I hate it. And to be fair, I've, I said this, that episode as well, I've had a McKellar beer before and I hated it because they go for quite herby floral notes and I just think the beer is ruined by those notes. Well, I think it was, it was Pine, wasn't it, the one uh, yeah, we had last time, which um, I actually really enjoyed. I thought it was really nice. What they do is they go for very distinct flavours. What I loved about this was the artwork. I loved the... Uh, <laughs> The kind of pepper stray picture they've got of like the guy on the front. I, it's it's really vibrant, can it? Does catch your eye, but at the same time, black pepper in beer. It I love black sounds, pepper. I it love sounds beer. like it shouldn't work. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to it apprehensively, but who knows? If it's balanced and you know, you know, I'm at the kind of I want kind of just a little bit of hint of it at the end, maybe, but not like too overpowering. But so this is basically developed by Bikella and Per Moller Jensen for people like us. It's part of the Thank You Beer Trilogy. Which I don't really like. It smells like a tropical IPA, a little bit. It does, it does smell amazing. Like, uh, it's got water, yeast, hops, uh, which is citra, mosaic, uh, eucalypt, and Columbus, barley malt, and black pepper. So, it's, to be fair, straight off the bat, it's quite a, I'd say, in hop selection. Yeah, at the moment, it like seems the, like a very standard IPA with the addition of black pepper and that thing. It's just how much they've done it. If it's just a small hit, go on then, James. Get get some down your neck, and then uh, we can see if your impression is the same as the can, which is basically someone crying because pepper spray has been thrown in the face, which is a uh, very interesting look. Uh, looking very quizzical there, James. You know what? I really like that. It actually seems to be very well balanced. I think you get a good kind of. What I consider almost a very typical tropical IPA in terms of not like 
too kind of uh, tropical, kind of fruity taste. It's a lot of hoppiness, but it's quite refreshing. You do seem to get that kind of bitter hit kind of almost from the pepper. I think you do get it. It's so light, though, that I don't think you actually get that much pepper from it. But there is almost like a little bit of um, kind of a herbier taste from it. If that, not herbier, but kind of that little bitterness that I think you can attribute to it. Okay, so initially straight from me is I do get a quite a distinct bitter aftertaste, which you kind of get straight away from a, a normal IPA, IPA anyway. Yeah. Um, then after the normal traditional IPA hoppiness, there is a strange black pepper feel in the mm. back of my throat. It's a texture thing, isn't it? More than anything, um, it's not necessarily like... But they, they, for me, they taste like two distinct flavours. As in, so in the same sip, I'll get one, and then I'll get the other. Okay. It's not like it's two things that It's are... almost like the, the black pepper is kind of the the aftertaste part yeah, of it. It's like definitely. the element of what is almost the effects of having pepper in terms of that feel of kind of almost a drier throat, like a drier finish to it. Um, but yeah. I actually think... I think that's quite well balanced in terms of... You know what? I think if they hadn't put... If they put less black pepper in it, just on the basis of a black pepper IPA, if they put less black pepper on it, you would not notice because it is quite a subtle thing. It's yeah. kind of more of a taste. If they put more into it, I think that would have been completely ruined. Now, I don't know if it's one of those where we'll find out in the next five minutes is is it builds up and then does it get too overpowering? The, that's the hesitation. There's a distinct possibility for that like, as well. Yeah. But at the moment, based on just first reactions, that that's quite a well balanced. Oh thing. yeah, because it's got it's very similar in colour to the two beers we've had before. Uh, this is hazy though, so yeah. uh, I'll assume it's like unfiltered and probably vegan. Probably normally vegan tends to be the main things, but um, because it is uh, Belgian, you don't get the full breakdown of whether it is or not. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely not what I was expecting. I think I was expecting far more harshness yeah. to it. Now. There's a thing that you get from black pepper generally. It's kind of like it is a distinct flavour, but kind it's of, almost like it's tickling the back of your yeah, throat. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like, like a sweet it's tickle. Like you know it's there, kind of thing. It's a yeah. slightly sweeter tickle than what you like from in comparison the bitterness from that IPA. Um, it's it's very unique, but it is pleasant. It is enjoyable because yeah. uh, to be honest, when you said you were enjoying, it, I was like, great, I'm gonna absolutely despise this. Right. I think it's more the thing is because I I really like IPAs anyway, but it's not too overly hoppy either. It's quite a well balanced IPA from you know I think your standpoint in that sense. Um, but I think it is just if I'm honest, it's not something I would normally try. I think that's what I kind of like about it is the thing is I've not never had a black pepper IPA or kind of black pepper in beer, and actually, mm. you, I think I think it is what it is and. I don't hate it, and I think that's why I'm... I think like, I've had you know, chilli in beer, and I didn't like that. But again, that could have been... The, the, I've, I've had... Yeah, I've had chilli in beer. And it, it could have been case like it was like over... Habanero chilli one or something. Yeah. It, was, it was horrendous. Yeah, but, then but again, also, overpairing with the flavours. Yeah, but also, it was such a hot aftertaste as well. Like, it just was just not enjoyable, like, at all. So I actually don't... I don't find habaneros hot. I don't know yeah. if I'm like. Well, I don't them. know. I don't, I don't know. find them hot. It was called like habanero IPA or something. I don't know yeah. if there was other chilies as well in it to Possibly, give it a hotter yeah. taste. Um, but you know. no, um, no, that's definitely pleasant. Um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it kind of builds up. I mean, the important thing is we, we, you talked about this time of the year, right? Okay. And the other thing that happens around this time of the year every year 
is the release of all of the random sports games that you can get. I'm not going to lie, when you said the release of, I got very, very scared <laughs> when you were taking this conversation. Oh, I'll tell you what, just coughed, I can taste the, the pepper even more. <laughs> not going to lie, I just kicked it all around, wow. Um, yeah, um, so it's the all the, the, the random sports games, and if you're a collector of sports games, whatever sports game you got last year, they've released the same game again this year and added a year to it. Yeah, that's generally um, what happens. About every three years, the actual game gets redeveloped. Which is, we, we've always talked about, is kind of our scale, like if we're going to get them. So the last, the last NHL game I got was NHL 18. Um, I got caught up in the hype just because my holiday started on the same day <laughs> that NHL got released, <laughs> and I was like, I think it was it was actually after last Sunday when we were drinking, I went home and I was still quite awake, and I was like, you know what, it's it's yep. my like week off. I'm just gonna do. I it. did see the text message. Um, and did you see the pictures as well? No. Oh, there's a, there's thank there's God! A, thank God they got deleted in time. I was worried. No, no, my phone's got a filter from you. Oh, um, that, yeah, after the last time, yeah. um, <laughs> still traumatized. But yeah, I, I started playing it, and honestly, I was, I was really impressed by it because, like you say, you leave it three years because you get enough content through it. But I had been playing NHL nonstop, much to my girlfriend's uh, chagrin, I think, because she was really annoyed. Like she's been, she, you know, she's been around, <laughs> and it's not been great. So, you know, what? Because she lost or. No, it's like, uh, you know, when she came to Birmingham and, you know, she thought she'd be seeing me during the day, she's only seen me part of the day because I'd been at home playing <laughs> NHL as opposed to being with her. But, you know, there's only so much you can do when you're outside, you know, social distancing, right? So it does it does make it hard for relationships to uh, flourish, let's say. Um, but it is one of those. That being said, NHL is amazing. So that's what I'm focused on. Well, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning have actually had all their coaches and players engraved onto the Stanley Cup. I saw, I saw you share the picture. It, what I loved is just on the top right of there was the Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> you could just see them. You know, it's been a while. They weren't even in the playoffs. Anyway. Yeah, because, well, the funny thing is, if you can see Anaheim Ducks, that means next to it, you can see Tampa Bay Lightning from the last time we won it. No, that was around the side. It was literally... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, but the big thing about that is that um, everybody was concerned that there'd be an asterisk next to their name because it was actually playing in a bubble rather than doing yeah. the normal thing, and they've actually left that off, which, which I think you deserve because it was a full. Yeah, I, I think this thing, I, I've seen a lot of fans, especially now NHL 21's been released, because uh, although it's still featuring last year's winner, there, there's a lot of thing about the bolts winning and and there's a lot of branding towards that and like events in game for bolts especially like a lot of featured cards and players and stuff like that it was like oh it doesn't count you know they're not real winners you know and stuff like that but they, they but still are they winners. had the hardest playoff run of anything yeah, in and, history and, and the truth is like actually when you see their games they played for it and they deserve to win as far as i'm concerned and you know the thing is because ducks weren't there i was a bit bitter but at the same time <laughs> i i was still watching bolts and rooting for them because they're the team of that were left that i actually wanted to win um and you can't you can't take away from from what they put into it as an effort um and that's thing and you know they were the better team to win and yeah. you know um it's one of those weird things where people think, oh, because you know it's done in different circumstances. But if anything, I would say as a player, surely it's harder to win when you've not got all your fans surrounding you and you've got. Well, you haven't got your fans, you, and you, you haven't know. seen your family for two months, yeah. so it's yeah. definitely harder. Because and I don't you know, think it's, the motivation, you know, for most of these sport players is that kind of reaction. And if you can't get that, you know, it's quite hard to keep yourself going and to keep that motivation through all of this period and still win. Fair play, you know. But, 
going back to what you're saying about the sports games. So uh, obviously we are in the middle of the NFL season. So the NFL yeah. uh, games that you would get with that is Madden. So yeah. Madden Twenty One as well. Um, Which yeah. I, th- I played Madden Twenty. I think when because the, the thing I do with sports games is and again we'll plug them EA Play because all of them are EA games. Uh, EA Play they put the latest release six months afterwards. So normally it's when the season's finished and it's a bit behind the curve. Um, but you can still play a lot of the games if you've got the subscription. Um, so I do tend to like things like um, Madden. I tend to play six months afterwards and just play a little bit of it to try it out. So uh, and that, I, I actually I quite like Madden to be fair. I think Madden's so, a fun game. It always yeah. used to be infuriating. Uh, yeah. I remember thinking I broke my brand new PSP while playing like an old Madden game because I tried to do a play and it didn't work and I ended up punching the screen. Um, do, um, okay. Yeah, that I've initial... always treated my consoles with more respect than that. But that's no, the, the, oh, the, don't get me wrong. I love the game. But it's also rage inspiring as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, well, you want to win that badly, right? You know. Well, you know, you know how much I'm into uh, American football anyway, and I love the whole process of it, like yeah. the play calling and you know the whole conceiving of the plays and stuff. So, um, yeah, there's certain plays that I do favour more towards, but for anybody. Who, doesn't understand American football, it would be like completely talking jargon. So I'm not going to go into that type of thing. No. But yeah, it is for me personally. It's, it's a very stop and start game with a lot of strategy to it. Yeah. Let's say and you know, in terms of making plays, you've got to make a lot of decisions, and it can change every. It's time. human battle chess. That's literally yeah. all it is. Yeah. Um, um, uh, then the other games you have are FIFA. Obviously, that's yeah. always the big one around this time of year as well. Uh, we're not massive football fans, so. It is one of those, but I would say of all sport games, it's probably the most popular sport. Oh, game. Yeah. Like, it's got such a cult following to it. Oh yeah, completely. Um, I don't know. For me, I, I don't. I've never. I've never got into it. Like I think I played it like around friends' houses, like co-op sometimes and stuff like that. But it's never particularly piqued my interest from it. But I think what's most interesting nowadays with a lot of them, and that goes to kind of any of these games, is the amount of control you have over different movements. Whether it kind of, you know, it used to be press square to pass you know the puck between players and stuff but you know the skill stick they brought in I think was like five or six years ago but they've actually developed even further now that you can pretty much do whatever you want with the stick and actually control it and do the most wacky things possible but I think that translates to all of the games so like football and stuff like you've got far more control over what you want your players to do and what you know you can try and do the most outlandish things that normally you wouldn't be able to do in life and I think you know a lot of people um, it's quite funny when they make the argument of, oh, you know, if you want to play football, why not just go outside and play football? Like, that's not the point of what FIFA or NHL is doing. It's, you know, these are the franchises you love. These are the players you, 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 you know, if you are really in sport, you live your whole life by, if you like. So the idea about to see those players and have something you understand better than anything else, that's, you know, it's it's a thing for the fans more than anything else. And that's thing. It's not really a game. It's a fan thing. Um, yeah. And I think that's why they're so well done. Well, I used to play a lot of FIFA when I was younger because um, yeah. I was very much into football yeah. when I was younger. But when I was playing FIFA, it was like the old diagonal versions. Yeah. Like, you know, really blocky people. Mm. And then when you, when you did a foul, you could carry on running away from the referee so he can card you. Do you know what I mean? All those yeah. type of yeah. uh, like versions. But I hadn't played FIFA in a, a long time. It just... Yeah. Wasn't something I was particularly interested in, to be, if I was completely honest. And just, no, I mean, it's their own, and that's the, the whole point of the game. I think we're both real big fans of, and I think 
we, we both played around the same time for the first time as the ML, MLB The Show. Yeah, The Show is a fantastic game. Which is such game. a good game. Like, well, um, I was told about it by a friend of mine uh, who was a big fan of uh, The Show. Um, and I bought RBI Baseball, first of all. Yeah. Um, which was utterly horrific. Please don't waste your money. Uh, if you're going to do it, buy The Show. Basically, the whole idea is you create your player and you work your way up from the small leagues all the way up to the show which is the MLB yeah. and then obviously trying to create your name and help your franchise to the World Series uh, as a gameplay it's absolutely fantastic it's a brilliant game um, yes it is one of those ones that you can never get a physical copy in this country you can only get a physical copy yeah. over in America yeah. But if you get the opportunity to play, if you are interested in baseball, it's definitely one that's. Um, I think they're slowly starting to become a little bit easier to acquire. Actually, oh, right, get okay. involved of now because I think it's become more of a well-known brand and stuff. Like, I, I think they gave it away in like an Xbox game for gold or something a while ago, and I think since then it's actually got a little bit bigger following to it, which is really good because it is actually of all of them. Like they've only started adding single-player games to most of these kind of sports games in the last like five years yeah like fifa added about four years nhl still properly doesn't have one like it's recently added this kind of um word of world of chell or something which is like a championship hockey league thing where you create your own player and you like you say you play from playing on ice in a field to playing you know for nhl and playing you know big leagues going for Stanley cup and stuff like that but even then it's not the same kind of story mode to it that the show has that real feel of coming from nothing to then go to everything kind of thing where you have the whole transition period. But it's a big thing in baseball, more than most sports in terms of starting on the minor leagues and, and working your way up a little bit. And it's not just like you immediately go straight to the big leagues and do it. Like there's yeah. a, there is a real set progression to it. Whereas I think, you know, whereas I suppose American football, you have that from a college football point of view and yeah. you have that, like that that is their version of it. And, you know, it just works so much you know, well, well the thing is, though, there used to be a college player. football game that you used to be able to buy. Yeah. It was at NCAA, yeah. you know, so you can't really have that in Madden because there's, yeah. there's it's so many different rights and stuff. So, um, but no, with the show, it, it is a fantastic, like, it's just yeah. a really, really good gameplay game, and you do get really invested, but you can lose a lot of time as well. Yeah. Uh, along the lines of MLB, obviously, we did have the World Series, uh, the, yeah. they did get won by the LA Dodgers, um. And to be fair, Dodgers obviously aren't as hated as much as the Yankees, but they are the other big name that tends to be yeah. floated around. So I think the majority of people wanted the Tampa Bay Rays to win, just because yeah. of how small a budget they had. And they did a really good season. Um, but yeah, but unfortunately, they uh, they couldn't see it out just to get that final trophy. But again, for a team that literally the whole team was, I think the salary was £28 million. Where just like Clayton yeah. Kershaw and Mookie Betts, just their two salaries alone for the LA Dodgers come to like twenty six and a half million. Yeah, so it is ridiculous. The fact they got that far just means everything, and they really did go for it. Like yeah, you know, and to be fair, I think they've actually got a good opportunity to build on that as well because actually yeah. getting that fan base. It was a shame because to be fair, there was part of me. I, I mean, you joked about it to me, but you know, if we had the full Tampa Bay trio win or something so you know that would have been really good oh I think still got a possibility in the American football but yeah, uh, yeah it's a shame about the yeah, baseball yeah. that would have been just yeah. really amazing to have all three kind of fall in one go but, uh, you know. well going from good sports games to not so good sports games rugby games have never ever been yeah. amazing I think it's um, British sport games never <clears throat> in my opinion have had the kind of right 
I think they've never had the proper money put into them or time yeah. put into them. So cricket as well. There's never really good cricket games either. Like the thing is, I bought Don Bradman and that was horrendous. Yeah, there's good baseball games, but there's not good cricket games. I think it's the fielding aspect because it's so yeah. in the round. Like it's so hard to have that kind of movement and control over it. Whereas at least baseball, you have a very focused sensor kind of yeah, uh, true. field of vision kind of to it. So it's a little bit more limited. You can kind of control it a little bit better. Um, and it is one of those that's just crazy to me that they've never done a real good cricket game. Because um, a lot of them are, I suppose, the kind of football manager type things where you manage a franchise and stuff like that. You, you play a rugby mobile app, or you used to. Do you yeah, still do. do. You still do. Yeah. Uh, that you're really into, to be fair. And that, yeah, I played it for five years. Yeah, that kind of that kind of style game works well for it. But it's know. it's um, like a rugby manager game, and yeah. to be fair, with that, it's more there's a very distinct rugby mentality with the people that you play with as well. Yeah. So you can tell the people who are like properly intensive and competitive, or you've got the traditional more British rugby yeah. aspect where people just jump on in for have a laugh and just take the mick out of each other. Yeah. But yeah, the um the games aren't great. However the there has been some fantastic yeah. games recently. So um starting with uh, the European Challenge Cup, uh, that was won by Bristol. So they beat Toulon, I believe. Uh no. Racing. Yeah, so they beat Racing. So again managed to bring the European uh, cup over yeah. uh, the Heineken Cup, the Champions Cup. That was actually won by Extra Chiefs as well as the Premiership Final. So again, um, to Extra Chiefs at the moment are the unstoppable team. Well, you, you, I think you pretty much said that. Yeah, and, and, and the, to be honest, they're a fantastic so. setup. And you can yeah. see where they were doing when they first got promoted. They were they, they had no intention of going down yeah. like you know lightly. They were always aiming to get a championship and to be fair they have been outstanding with it as well and not cheated the rules yeah. to get there as well which is and the thing is they've better. also not done the other game of trying to play out different tactics and stuff like that just for the sake of it or trying different things they're just like you know what we're going to go for the win like you know we, we still want to play and win for it so and obviously this weekend we had the eventual yes super sadly from the Six Nations uh, we should have ended in April basically it'll just begin again now right so uh, well, what it feels to... like it's crazy isn't it like, it's going to go straight into Autumn Cup isn't yeah, it um, yeah. which is going to be interesting with the but, new things know, happening I'm, however I'm glad they finished it and didn't like skip it however right. um, that was actually won by England so England have actually won the Six Nations for yeah. um, this year to be honest, it could have gone either way, but the, the France-Ireland game obviously was a bit of a belter, but France did manage to come up on top, which made sure that uh, yeah. you know, England did win it. And but fair, but it, was, fair, it was a good day of rugby, fair, though, Fair play to Ireland as well, because they, they did really well, because what they, they won against Italy the previous week, am I correct, yeah? Yeah. So um, And that kind of put them in contention. They put the pressure on. Because yeah. it was Ireland and Scotland, was it Ireland and Scotland can still potentially beat us, but... Yeah. The way the games went, actually, we, we were fine, so which is good. But yeah. thing is, we we did everything we could to at least come out on top as far as England was concerned, which is a good thing. It's not like we failed our game, but still won. Like actually, we came out on top, and you know, um, it was kind of down to the other teams. Not, Ireland not were the biggest threat, so. really, yeah, uh, for England. But yeah, I mean, it was a good day of rugby. Um, you know, and it, it really was enjoyable. But I'm glad we actually finally draw a line under it, and then we can look forward yeah. to see what the new. Uh, Cup brings really. It's a shame we couldn't have actually had South Africa involved. Yeah. Because... I was just glad I got my, uh, my rugby world cup. Still trying to get the use out of it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, it was actually quite nice to actually get that finished. I say, but um, it's a shame we couldn't get South Africa in this uh, new autumn cup that they're doing. I know a lot of people didn't want them, but to be honest, if you're going to 
beat yeah. the best, you got to play him on a regular basis. So I personally would have been, it, I think it would be nice to get him included. Yeah. But again, things like um, I think it's George Romano included, is it? Yes. Um, yeah. yeah, but that'll help develop their skills and make yeah. them better nations to actually get involved with the rugby World Cup and stuff. So I mean, any sport you've got to get the exposure out there. You've got to get you know the fans involved in the kind of country otherwise it's never going to flourish and you're not going to have the competition in the same kind of way you know exactly and they are one of these countries that they're skating around the fringes uh, there's other countries that try and get involved in these type of things but the, I mean, like Georgia can... tend to be the one that are quite close um, and a lot of people actually want them included in the Six Nations but it all kind of depends on you know, kind of, it's behind the door politics, yeah. that's the biggest issue, yeah. isn't it, really? Or so you'd have to do the whole rebranding, you know. Seven oh. Nations doesn't sound as good, right? But well, to be fair, I mean, just kick out one. They'll probably end up doing the uh, Eight Nations at some point, but they'll be what? annoyed, but it'll be it'll be kind of Six Nations and they include Australia like they did in Eurovision, and they'll, everybody will get annoyed that Australia are included in Six Nations, but not, you know, the rest of Europe, you know. Uh, right, so that was the uh, around the world, which was pepper spray, which is actually far more enjoyable than what we anticipated. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think the one thing I would say about that as well, because we we kind of mentioned, it didn't get worse the more you drank it. Actually, That's no, it I actually, actually, did I actually quite enjoyed it was, that. It was just a pleasant, refreshing drink. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, right, so the wild card for this episode is from uh, Alphabet Brewing Company, uh, and it's called Aerial Getaway, which is a lemon drop pale ale. Now this is four percent. Uh, and it is a pale ale, so I'm expecting this to be a lot lighter in taste in comparison with the pepper spray. Yeah. Um, I think when we originally picked this one, we were we did think the pepper spray might be horrible, and we were hoping a bit more for this one. Um, so it would be interesting to see how much we actually enjoy this. Now, this is brewing in Manchester. Uh, I did speak about... Uh, Alphabet Brewing Company previously. Uh, I mean, I just, do, I love their can designs. They do some good great can designs. And actually, to be fair, a really, really good company as well. Um, when, I mean, I'm sorry, beer, I was going to say, was actually a lot lighter in colour compared to, you know, we've had three beers that are very similar in colour, actually. This is definitely lighter, which is what we're expecting from. Yeah, so, well, like, I had an issue with my delivery in the, where uh, one of the cans had exploded and they got sent back and the delivery company didn't report it back. Uh, well, as soon as they realised there was an issue, they sorted me straight out, got it all sorted, and like literally within the space of two days, I had a I think a discount code and uh, yeah. the replacement beer sent through. Unlike a different uh, company, I tried to have dealings with, but well, I won't mention them. Uh, right, yeah. So as James was saying, uh, this is the first one that's actually more of a golden colour. Um, it is very very hazy. I will also say it is extremely lively. When I opened the can, it was one of the ones that like foamed straight away. That smell as well. It smells like a citrus sour, from what it's very kind of lemon mm. citrus sour kind of thing is what I'm expecting here. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not expecting a lot of bites from the low alcohol content, but it's interesting to see exactly what that lemon drop will actually bring to it. So, um, well, that's why I'm thinking because I don't think you'll get much hoppiness there, but well, I think you will get the kind of sour bitterness from it. That the, kind of bitterness. But. Yeah, because the lemon the lemon drop is actually a particular hop which I don't think I've had a lot of or I don't know I've had a lot yeah. of um, well I'll let you try it first because you know I've tried all the others so I'll be interested to see what you get because well, I do get that citrus aroma there's a there. citrus aroma but was, I don't even there's a, a bit of a weird sweetness in the yeah. sm- in the aroma I don't know what the taste like but I'll well, let go I say it's, it's almost kind of chemically in a weird way and that's kind of what's putting me on the edge because it is lemony rather than kind of the citrus orange taste that we normally get but um, you're not 
revolted. I think you're more confused, I suppose. It tastes lemon. It tastes of lemon, like lemon. As in, no, a bit like a lemon sherbet. Okay, now I'm intrigued. See, I'm, I'm um, excited now because I really like lemon sherbet. Yeah, I love lemon sherbet, but that's a bit like it. How that lemon taste you get from a lemon sherbet? It has got that, and also because it does seem like quite carbonated, it has got that fizz that you get with a sherbet. Do you it's know got, what, you see what I mean? It's got a fizz of a sherbet, but it's quite flat lemon. It's not like sparkling lemon, and I think in terms of when oh, I mean, to be saying, it's going to be like a lemonade, though, is it? You know, but when I compared it, but in terms of. When I say flat lemon, I think that's the difference in terms of it's more sour, kind of very flatter lemon than kind of this bubbly, citrusy, kind of juicier flavour to it. Like in terms mm. of like a tropical IPA or citrus IPA that we might have had in the past. Um, that's really peculiar. I know you, the the lemon sherbet hits it on the head personally. Like it really yeah. does do that. It, it, it's, um, and it, and it's very lively. It's honest, very highly I think that could be more lemony though. I think actually there isn't a real strong punchy lemon to it. It depends on what they're like, trying to get out of it. I mean, to be fair, yeah. with 4% as a pale ale, I would say that that's trying to be a generally more subtle, more sessionable beer anyway. Remember, we have had a big hitter mm. before that, so that will affect how the flavour comes across. I think I think you're right, that kind of fizziness in terms of the sherbet almost tasting, um, they're putting a lot on that from a kind of start. So that's what you get initially from the kind of mouth, is it? And then the aftertaste is quite flat, quite, you know, what you get from Pepe which then makes it quite refreshing and drinkable, if I'm honest. That's the weird thing from it. I think if that fizziness was at the end, I don't think that would be as nice, but actually that that's really well balanced from, from a kind of lemon taste. I could smash a lot of these. Okay. Yeah, it is very hazy, but it's a very, very subtle flavour. Uh, it is very lively, though. I do think probably could benefit from being slightly less carbonated. Um, I don't think you'd lose anything from it. No, but I think this is one of those where if you were genuinely out at a pub drinking it, I feel like you'd get the hiccups very quickly from this. Yeah, it's I, don't, that I, kind, I understand it's what that you mean. that kind of yeah. thing where, especially when you take a very big mouthful of it, there's a lot of air that hits you at the, the same time because it does literally carbonate in your mouth. and you're like, yeah, yeah, like literally you're burping constantly. Yeah, I genuinely... Or Windy Pops for the more cultured people. Uh, <laughs> cultured people don't listen to this podcast. Correct. Um, I know, because I look at all the people who listen. Um, right, so it has come to that time again, James. Um, you know what? I've let you go first for the last couple of episodes, so I will Okay. go for the first thing. And I think... Our choices will be the same, with the exception to the two in the middle, which will be reversed. I'm not sure they will be, but we'll see. Okay, no problem. Uh, weirdly, I think we might actually agree on this one, so oh, that's no, what okay. I'm worried about. Oh, that, you know I always get disappointed if that's the case. Yeah, I know. Right, so in last place, uh, unfortunately, that's going to be the Isle of Sky year, Ben. Um, it's just that weird, yep. weird aftertaste, just unfortunately just ruined... Um, the overall taste of the beer. I, don't get me wrong, it wasn't horrendous. Yeah. You know, it is def- it's not one of the ones that you, if you order a pint of it, you go, oh, this is going to be hard work. You know, you would finish the beer, but it's not one of those ones that you would go, okay, I'm going to get another one. Yeah. Uh, third place, London Pride. It's going to be exactly the same, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Um, so your face was like oh, great yeah. yeah so London Pride it is a classic go to um, it's a stable beer it's not going to set your world on fire but 
you know you're not going to have a yeah. bad point of it and it is really enjoyable um, in second place it's going to be Aerial Getaway yeah uh, I actually I think I'm enjoying it slightly more than you um, and it is one that is very easily accessible uh, but again it, it with that I think it's because we had the pepper spray first. I think our experience would be slightly different if we didn't have that. But yeah, pepper spray has got to be actually surprisingly number one. Okay. And um, yeah, the the black pepper from that didn't overpower the drink. It was actually quite a pleasant drink. And considering that it was black pepper and an IPA, I thought I'd be quite put off with it. And yeah. no, it's uh, really enjoyable. Okay, so no surprise to you, Chris. My fourth place, Isle of Sky. Okay, I completely agree. I think, I, like you, I was expecting more because I thought a Michelin star chef, I thought, would bring some really nice flavour to it or some complexity to it. Whereas actually, I was really confused by the taste, like, in terms of what it was. And it's weird where I normally say, I really liked all four of them. It's not like I disliked it, but at the same time, I didn't know what it was. Like, I still don't know what flavour I had there. I think, you know what irritates me most? It's the standard crap beer thing of, I don't know what's in it. And yeah. I wish there's some flavour there that if it said it was that, I was like, oh, that's what it's trying to be. And that might actually have saved it in my head a little bit. Because well, no, but this, is, this is the problem, because at the end of the day, if I want a nice food, I'll speak to a chef. Yeah. If I want a nice beer, I'll speak to a brewer. Yeah. And this is where people try and they go, oh, we'll get involved. No, don't mess with it. There's a reason why you've got that job. is because you're good at that one. The reason why that bloke's got that job, or that woman's got that job, is because they're better at that one. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't go to Oktoberfest and go to the brewer and ask for a hot dog, right? Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> third place there. I, is... I thought you liked asking uh, Big no. Jim for sausage. No. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you, you make one mistake. Um... <laughs> Yeah, London, if it's once, it's okay. London, London Pride is is probably my third place. I think it's it's consistent. It is good, and to be fair, I do really like London Pride. It is one of those, you know, if I want a very standard ale, I will go for London Pride over most of them. To be fair, what's weird is we actually disagree on the top, which really? I wasn't expecting. No, because when thought... by the time we got to London Pride, I'm there nodding. Yeah, yeah, we put the same, and I was like, oh, okay, we haven't. Pepper spray would be my my second place. I'm very surprised. I that. would put the aerial getaway first, and if I'm honest, I just find the aerial getaway so much more refreshing. I agree. I think I could probably drink more of the pepper IPA than the aerial getaway, but as a drink by itself, I actually find the aerial getaway far better. Which is funny because I would say the exact same thing in the opposite way around. Really? Yeah. As a as a standalone drink, I think the pepper spray is amazing. But which one would I buy? Like six of in the pub. Aerial getaway. But I'm I'm going on with the hard carbonation thing. I couldn't drink six pints of that without getting hiccups and things. And then that would put me off buying loads of it. Generally. But I'm a seasoned veteran though, James. So, exactly, you'd get hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I will agree. It was very close first and second place. Because actually, you know, Michaela beer, I'm not... Like, I've never been a massive no. fan of. And actually, that's the first one I've actually really liked. I, I think they've hit the black pepper really well. I think it's good. At the same time, do I prefer that to a, a different IPA I've had? No. And I know we're judging on these four, don't get me wrong, but there is part of me that actually, from a, the pale ale perspective, I normally would go IPA over the pale ale. That pale ale stands out to me and therefore is actually probably a first place for me. So Yeah, yeah which is the exact opposite because yeah. I would always go for a pale ale over an IPA. Yeah, exactly. It's weird, that, but yeah. <laughs> Random. Yeah. yeah so uh, that's it. We're finally... Uh, 
completed episode 22 yeah. and then uh, I'd say you know you're welcome Paul I you know I know you like listening these to uh, work and you like them under an hour but you know what you know you're working from home at this point I'm guessing so you'll be fine what I love about it is the sheer one. quality of English in that statement uh, when, when you listen back to it then you'll uh, understand oh no wait you don't do that uh, yeah so uh, <laughs> I'd, who'd listen this far into the podcast oh. well some people do some people do yeah um <laughs> I had a Pokemon Com- on them yesterday. Comment below if you've listened this far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, thank you very much for spending your time with us again. Um, we'll be we've got plenty of beers lined up, which is easily going to get us through for the uh, next yeah. couple of months. I, I think the only thing to mention is the Movember thing. Um, yeah. In terms of the promotion, I'm sure anybody who's following us on Instagram or any of our platforms will have seen the post. We've been doing them fairly regularly, daily, and that's going to continue. Um, no, no, no. The the actual daily posts have actually disappeared. Well, no, but it's now, in terms so. of our interaction. And but yeah, kind of the whole with thing now. Actually, like, the beer, the the brewery announcements. So essentially, uh, I've put a link on there. I did a separate post to basically point you in the direction of where all the terms and conditions are for the Movember. All twenty breweries have been announced now. So the yeah. essentially to sum it up, nice and simply, if you donate to uh, Movember through the dedicated links and like certain people on Instagram you basically go into a prize draw where you're 20 people will win a prize from a particular brewery now there is obviously a lot of varying scales of what you'll win on these particular prizes but um, some of the prizes I know for a fact are absolutely fantastic but also the most important part is you're helping Movember which is in a year where things have not been normal and people are under a lot more pressure I do think it's a fantastic cause and it's going to get a lot of use and a lot of help a lot of people where necessary yeah. so yeah please the, have the a look at that it's a chance of getting free beer and helping people out I mean you know the prizes some people might think one's better than the other but it's still free beer from, from helping out to a good cause and that's all that well, matters like, right you know I say, it's like listening to a um, like I actually said to the people who actually set it up I was like when you went to a charity raffle or a tombola at a school or a uh, a local event, you don't go because you want to win some really poorly knitted, like, cuddly toy to give to a... Well, you can't give to a grandkid because it'll end up killing them or something, or some really crap ashtray. You do it because you donate it to the charity, yeah. and then, you know, oh, it's a fun of what crap prize am I going to win? Think of it that way. However, there's no crap prizes. They're just good stuff. Yeah. And that's the most important thing at the end yeah. of the day. So you could potentially win some good stuff, but ultimately you're helping people win-win across the board. So, yeah. Um, We're growing moustaches as well. We're going to do it. And, we're definitely uh, going to be uploading those. Yeah, uh, so expect those kind of posts and stuff like that. That's kind of the kind of more regular content. And, you know, we'll just keep on board during this lockdown period and just having fun. So make sure you go check it out. Yep, we will be trying our very best to keep you entertained. We'll try and uh, get some content up more, a bit more regularly as well. Maybe just to... Uh, Break up the monotony. Yeah, and we've got some really good ideas planned for Christmas and stuff like that as well, like the festive yeah. period and stuff like that. So, loads of interesting stuff. So, make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms. You know? Yeah, well, uh, yes, we'll be uh, speaking to you soon, and thank you very much for your time. <laughs>